Hello, and welcome to Growing Together, a podcast where we discuss all things related to church planting and vitality in the Presbyterian Church in America. I'm Chris Vogel, the Church Planting and Vitality Coordinator for Mission to North America. This podcast exists to cultivate kingdom advancement in the PCA by connecting leaders, increasing awareness of the work being done, and promoting growth through discussions on church planting and vitality. Join us today as we grow together. I dislike an annual physical exam. I know the advice I'll get, lose weight and exercise, yet the annual health checkup is important for my well-being. Well, what's true for my body is true for the body of believers, the church. Church leadership may easily be lulled into a maintenance mode whereby meeting weekly responsibilities masks deeper issues that require attention. A church health assessment provides a church greater insight into where a church is at and how they can move forward. Hopefully that guidance is more than telling a church that they should gain weight, that is, add new members, and exercise more in evangelism, but actually provide a church with biblical dynamics that create a pathway of spiritual health. And that is what we will be talking about today on Growing Together. With us today is Matt Bowling. Matt is the Executive Director of Flourish Coaching. Flourish exists to free leaders to be effective wherever God has placed them. Flourish does this by taking pastors and other church leaders who feel stuck to come to a point of clarity and hopefulness. And now in full disclosure, I serve on uh, Matt's board, the board of Flourish Coaching, and I've known Matt for, uh, for several years now. And we, I'm so glad to have you uh, with us today, Matt. Glad to be here. Yeah. Well, let's just start off. Tell us in the broadest sense, before we talk about church health assessment, uh, talk about Flourish Coaching. What are the services you offer? Because it's it includes church health assessments, but it's it's also much more than that. Sure. Yeah, Flourish got started in 2015 because we saw that in the, land, the PCA landscape, there were very few uh, ministries you could turn to to help an established church. So most of our work is with established churches. And so we help churches that um, are experiencing distress. Um, they're stuck. They've lost um, direction in the middle of their life cycle. Um, they're mm -hmm. in transition. And so we help churches that are in transition. They're without a pastor, mm -hmm. sometimes by placing in, uh, an interim or transitional pastor there, sometimes uh, coaching them. Actually, church health assessment is the first step that we use in a transitional process. Okay, good. So the church health assessment, as you say, if that's like kind of one of the first steps, let's talk about that. Um, in this, you know, tell us how it, 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 what it looks like, what it feels like, how it's done. Sure. So church health assessment is attempting to answer one question. Um, if Jesus was here, what would he say? So mm. you look at Paul's letters, you look at Revelation, right? And um, one of the other ministries that we're colleagues with, the way that they put this is, what's the Spirit saying to the church? Mm. So if Jesus was here, what would he say? What would he call out? Like he does, you know, you in Syntyche in Philippians or the distinctive yeah. things in Revelation are actually all of Paul's letters, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what we're trying to figure out. The way that we go about that, you want me to talk about that? The way we go about that yeah. um, is it's a four-step process. Okay. Uh, we have a, a group of surveys that leaders take at the beginning of the process. So we took leaders' insights first. 
Um, then we uh, have a congregational survey that as many people as we can get, uh, we have them take that. We take the results of that congregational survey, and that yields what we call a biblical scorecard uh, across nine areas. Uh, how, how do we think uh, the church is doing? Um, on the basis of that scorecard, we then do interviews uh, mm -hmm. with uh, a minimum of 20 and a maximum of 10% of the church. Okay. And we dig into the areas that we think the data has shown us needs to be dug into. Mm. And the fourth phase is we write a report. And the reports, so oh, the ones we've been doing lately have been uh, about 80 pages. Okay. Uh, and that's us thorough. giving you what we, very thorough, us giving you insights and data and recommendations. Um, and so that's the, the process that we follow. Now, this is though uh, more than just you coming in as an outsider and, and telling my church where we're messing up. Uh, so it, you're, you're looking at all aspects, correct? It's not just yeah, so we're looking, the deficiencies. Yes, yeah, so we're looking at all aspects. We do do a part of the report is a, a SWOT analysis. So we want mm. we want church leadership. They're usually coming to us because they know there's some issue, right? Okay. There's an issue with their health. And so they're coming to us to help them diagnose what that is. We want them to be encouraged about what God is doing and why mm -hmm. people are at the church and what the good parts are, and yeah. also give them insight as to where do we see the, the ill health. Yeah. So, so what are some of the things that uh, leadership often sees that makes them want to talk to you and say, hey, we'd like a church health assessment? What are they experiencing or, or feeling or knowing that's going on? Yeah, so commonly, when we end up coming to a church and doing a church health assessment, there's been um, you know, uh, a split. The, the last okay. pastor left under duress. Um, the, the church is in an, an unsettled state. Um, one church that we've been working with for almost two years, uh, almost done there. Um, you know, they were really fractured. The leadership, mm. the congregation, they were all very fractured um, over the events of 2020. Okay. And so yeah. their pastor left in late 2020. And they were like, call a pause where there's no way that we should go forward and just snap, go look for a pastor. Um, and so that's, it's common that a church feels like it's in distress, and that's mm -hmm. why they end up coming to us. Okay. Now, let's say, you know, my church, I, we don't feel in distress. We're just kind of wondering where we're at and what's next. And it's hard to do a personal assessment because we have blinders and such. So if a church is just haven't seen the growth or development or there's a certain lethargy that's set in, would a church health assessment still be beneficial in that sense or do you need some trauma? No, they don't necessarily need a trauma, but many times churches don't end up coming to us. They don't feel enough need unless they've had a trauma. But right. certainly we can be helpful for churches that just want a, a checkup. Um, yeah. So we recommend these every, maybe every five or seven years to a church okay. just as a as a big picture checkup. Mm -hmm. um, because if a church is not experiencing um, you know new conversions of adults, right, the least yeah. we expect with our covenant theology is a conversion of our mm -hmm. children. Um, you know, why, are, why isn't our church making an impact for the kingdom? Uh, we can help you understand why that is. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. That's great. So it, how long does that process take? So is it? So we can do it as quickly. Yeah. So we can, from, from when we um, enter into contract with somebody until they actually get the report, we can do it as quickly as three months. Um, and so it is, it is some time. It's not going to be tomorrow. And when people get the final report, they're like, the reaction to the last one we delivered a couple of weeks ago was, oh, wow, this is a lot. Thank mm -hmm. you. And they understand why it took that, that much time. Yeah. Some of the time, some of the time um, is frankly um, on the church's side because they have to organize a bunch of stuff. We can't organize for them 
who they want to interview. We can't organize when their leadership can meet with us, right? And so mm -hmm, some of the mm -hmm. delay ends up um, being from the church's side. We try and be in the position where a delay is not um, it, it's not us. We put our resources in a place so that we can deliver um, as quickly as the church can give us what we need. We can be there to to get it done. Yeah. So we're working with the church right now. Um, there's one of these church health assessments there on it, baby. They got mm -hmm. dates mapped out, and so we all know what we're shooting for, um, and that's that's good. Yeah, and so I would probably think that church, one of the positives that church has is they're organized and structured and know they want to do something. Yeah, <laughs> that particular church actually has a transition team in place that oh, okay. they elected. Um, it has some elders. It has uh, leaders across the church, and mm -hmm. so they've, they're using that model, which is it's really good. It's the first church we worked with, with the, where they erected a transition team, and it's tremendous. I think they're wow. going to do great work. Yeah, good. Um, and some of the markers, the the biblical cultural dynamics that you're you're looking at. Um, what, what what is that? Like I said, with with uh, you know physical health, it's just it seems so bland to say, well, eat better and exercise more. So it's just like, hey, you should bring see more people come to Christ and grow your church. That doesn't help anything to be told right. that. So what 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 are you looking at when you do a, this analysis? Sure. So there's nine areas that we look at um, and all of our data flows into this. So we look at whether the church has a great commission focus. Okay. Um, we look at, um, we look at um, love of God and love of neighbor. So okay. does the church demonstrate that they, they love God in their worship um, in their personal lives? And do they actually uh, love their neighbors? One thing I should say, I'll finish going through these. One of the things that um, I think <clears throat> is useful about the, way that we go about church health assessments mm -hmm. is that we we measure both that what we call the aspirational and the functional okay so the aspirational is i ask chris a question and say chris um you know you should eat um green leafy vegetables four mm -hmm. times a week and you go yeah i i should eat green leafy vegetables four right. times a week that's your aspiration yes. you know the right thing to do then i come back and i ask your wife i say uh you know did chris eat vegetables four times this week and she goes no he ate them twice right so that gap between aspiration and function, what oh, okay. you believe to be true and what's actually true in the culture of your church, we look at those yeah, um, yeah. because that provides insights of the leadership for our discipleship needs. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so we measure the great commission, love of God, love of neighbor. Uh, we look for gospel centrality. Does the mm -hmm. church keep the gospel front and center as the unifying theme or do cultural distinctives about the church? Um, crowd the gospel out mm. and uh, and make the church a place that's friendly to this group, but not to this group. Um, we look at the means of grace, word, prayer, and sacraments, both uh, corporately and in people's lives. We look to people have a right view of biblical church membership, right? Are they actually fulfilling the vows that we have in PCA churches? We look at uh, biblical church leadership. We ask people to evaluate their leaders. Yeah. Um, and that's frequently difficult for leaders to hear, but there's sometimes people don't follow because leaders are not good at it and they don't, yeah. they don't respect it. Yeah. And we have to tell leaders that a lot of times, and then they get the opportunity for repair, which is mm -hmm. great. If that's the issue, they get the opportunity for repair. And the last piece that we look at is uh, what we call transformation and reformation. Um, and so when you look at the new Testament, all of those churches that are addressed, which is the epistles and start revelation, most of the new Testament, mm -hmm. right. Is here's Jesus saying, Hey, here's the gospel again, and here's how it should work out. Mm. And there's a test: Will the church, um, will the church change? Is it open to ongoing sanctification as a church, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is church renewal. It's just right. sanctification of a group instead of an individual. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I love the fact that you described the myths there about the the aspirational versus functional, because especially as leaders, we know what the right answer is, you know, right. and we should. And to be able to see the the delta between those two, large or small, can help uh, remove those the scales where we we aren't seeing clearly what what is and what should be. Yeah, yeah, it's it's helpful because a lot of times we're trying to get people to believe the right things, but the leaders aren't out in front being examples to the flock of living out the right things, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that that's the challenge to the leaders. Yeah. Um, this freak, this opportunity um, for a church health assessment many times is um, what we try and do is we try and tell leaders um, what their their own people say about their own church. Mm. We collect them together as insights. But the insights are this is what your people said about your church. Right. Yeah. This isn't us coming from the outside and saying we mm. see this. OK. We're trying to ice. We're trying to bring up from within the church and then just reflect it back, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, we're trying to reflect a mirror, really, back to the church of what. Um, here's your current health state. Right. Oh, yeah. that that helps. Yeah. So in that sense, you know, you're not coming in just as a, a consultant outsider that knows what should be and saying this is where you're wrong, but just saying this is what I'm finding. What your church has said about your church, which really yes. really does help, helps helps a lot. Have, have you found much? uh much resistance from leadership where they went no that's not what our church i mean after you show it to them it's kind of hard isn't it for them to go no that's not right uh it is very hard for them um yeah. so i think that the vast majority of the time when we do these people are like okay we got stuff to face mm -hmm. and our recommendations that we put in the report give them ideas about how they can face uh, particular things um we do we we have at times, delivered reports and and run into resistance. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a very we have a very sad one where we we did a report, um, we delivered it to the church, and we gave them a very specific recommendation as to how they should move forward. And they said, "No, we don't want to do that." Yeah. And the church closed within a year. Yeah. It was very is. very sad, super sad because mm -hmm. that didn't it the the story didn't have to end there. Mm -hmm. Um. Some people say uh, God never closes churches. Well, in our view of Providence, um, churches close. So yeah, in some yeah. sense, maybe even mysterious, right? Yeah. Uh, some churches close. The The threat in Revelation is not uh, a dead letter, right? Right. Um, sometimes Jesus exactly. does walk out of the building and take the light with him. Yep. Right. Um, on the other hand, um, Jesus is always very glad for churches to repent. Mm -hmm. And so we provide that opportunity for leaders and churches to to repent and to yeah. turn back to their first love and live out the gospel yeah. implications of the gospel yeah. yeah that's great well and again in that sense there there is a certain life cycle in in churches i you know i think paul was was probably fairly successful but i don't think any of his churches are still vibrant up and going um and so you know most churches life cycle they've been saying it used to be a hundred and uh, 70 to 120 years. Now it's pushing life cycle of a church is more like 70 years that they're finding. So right. let's talk about that life, life cycle a bit. Um, you use some of the Ken Pretty's work on that. Yeah. Yeah. So Ken Pretty is the one that taught me this uh, years ago, um, and I've used it and I've expanded on it, but I like his his basic categories. Um, so Pretty's um, way of thinking about a church uh, through the course of its life is that churches go through three phases. They go through an incline phase, they go through a recline phase, and then they enter, many churches enter into a decline phase and a, an unarrested decline phase 
ends in the closure of a church. Mm-hmm. Okay, so incline is marked um, by uh, keeping the simplest way to think about it is by keeping uh, the inward pull towards fellowship and discipleship matched, consciously matched with the outward push towards outreach and evangelism. Okay. So the centripetal force and the centrifugal force are are consciously kept in dynamic tension, okay. and it's always being looked at, right? So we're looking at are people making progress in the discipleship? Are new people being converted? So it's not an so either people, or. It is not an either or. Oh, we're okay. looking at we're looking at an incline. We're looking at do people feel like it's a family, and do they pray for unbelievers by name? Right. And so mm-hmm. we're trying to maintain this dynamic tension between those. And that's what marks incline. Right. Um, is that certainly churches grow on incline, but it's more about the dynamics. It's more about the dynamics within the church. Right. Mm-hmm. They're prayerful. Uh, the motto on incline is this is hard. That's the yeah. motto on incline. Right. Okay. Everybody wants to get to recline mm-hmm. because reclines motto is we made it. Mm-hmm. Right. And we got we got a building. We got plenty of people. We got money. We got staff. Woo. It's great. I put my feet up. I love my recliner, yeah. right? And we made it, but churches on recline have already sowed the seeds of their own destruction mm-hmm. because they've stopped paying attention to the things that are most important to the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then church in decline is just trying to survive. They're just trying to arrest it and and have have the good days back again. A mistake that's made by churches on decline is they really would like to go back to recline, mm-hmm. but that's not the answer. Yeah, The answer to, to go out of a decline is a new incline. Mm-hmm. And so you're going from desperation to this is hard, and but that's the work of church renewal, and right. uh, and it's a, a good and important work. But that's the that's the concept at least. Is that enough? Yeah, no, that's great. So I, one question though, because I, I like the uh, centrifugal uh, centripetal kind of uh, dual impact and incline as you're going outward focus, inward focus, in recline. Is it focusing on just one aspect? Because normally I think recline is is just now about the family the internal forces but i can right. imagine so, a church being though outward focused but not caring about the inward and they can still move into a decline because they're not having both components is that they're not having both components it's that okay. dynamic tension right commonly what happens in recline is we get more focused on ourselves yeah we're kind yeah. of like what am i getting from the church um there's an interesting statistic that came out several years ago um which of these two churches is more likely to plant a church, a church of 400 people or a church of 200 people? Hmm. And the statistics bear out yeah. that it's the church of 200, 200 people yeah, yeah. that will plant a church because the church of 400 has now got enough staff and enough programs mm-hmm. and enough people that weren't there to participate in the formation of it. They mm-hmm. experience the benefits of the formation of it. Right. But they don't remember that when this was hard, mm-hmm. they only they only experience, you know, we made it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the church of 200 still remembers when this was hard. And they're like, oh, yeah, God calls us to this mission and the sacrificial life for the sake of others. So, yeah, I'll, I'll peel off and help plant another church. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a great point. Well, in the church health assessment, uh, how, how does it move from uh, move from just being a mirror of what is to a map of, of where to go? Because if you're just saying, here's your problem, you walk away, you, you, you know, people would be left a little disheartened. Um, so t- tell us about how does the church health assessment handle that? Yeah. So what we do is that we produce um, insights um, out of the data, mm-hmm. and then we provide uh, recommendations to the leadership as to how to prioritize what's most important. Um, so before we got on, Chris recommended that that I share an analogy that actually flows out of um, from um, 
natural church development um, has an analogy that I think is very good, which is they have an analogy of a wine barrel, if you can imagine, that's cut off and now open, and that the staves in the wine barrel are at different heights. And as you pour water into the wine barrel, the first place the water pours out is at the lowest stave. Mm-hmm. And so we in it, so using that concept, uh, we like to try and prioritize what's the most important thing for this church to go after that will make the biggest impact on their culture. And so we stagger the recommendations from, hey, this is the first thing you need to touch. Like in the next three months, you need to touch this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in, in you know, three to 12 months, you need to deal with this. And then longer term, here's some things in your culture you're going to want to pay attention to, but that might be next year that you start working on those. And so we provide specific, discrete recommendations as to how leaders can try and make a difference in where their church is at and the places where their health is not good. And if they ask us, uh, we'll even help them walk that out. It's usually a secondary kind of engagement of, hey, can you help us you know, figure this out? So. Many times in a church health assessment, what we find out is the church does not have a distinct Great Commission vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have an idea um, how to answer the, the most important question, um, to whom has God sent us? So mm-hmm. they don't know who they're trying to reach. And so commonly, a recommendation out of a church health assessment is to do the next phase in transitional work we do with the church, which is envisioning, where oh. we try and help a church find a Great Commission direction in the middle of their life cycle because it's been lost. They got focused on themselves, not people that don't know Jesus. And so yeah. we help them regain that. Yeah. So you, you'd be able to help them examine the community in which they exist and know their who is their neighbor that they're supposed to be loving. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we we do we help a church in the middle of its life cycle do commonly what a church planter does right. when they land on the ground. Learn the community, learn mm-hmm. the needs, think about how who who um Missiologically, uh, what we see is that people that are in distress, if you talk to most adult converts, including me, right, mm-hmm. what happens is that the, God, the Lord brings the gospel to someone who's in a distressed state, who's thinking about changing their worldview. So if we know who's in distress in our community, who is of need, mm-hmm. that, um, that we can walk towards, right, and we can be like Jesus, we can be powerful in word and deed to them, yeah. many times God bears fruit through that yeah. effort. Oh, so we have structures to figure out to whom is God sending us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think you mentioned at the, at the front end, you do an awful lot of these with churches in transition. So part of what Flourish does is, is with transitional pastors and helping supply that. So it sounds like this is a, is a great place if a church is in transition, whether it's through trauma or just the, the normal movement of one pastor to a next to do a church health assessment to know who they should be looking for and how to move forward. Is that? Yeah. So what we say is if a pastor's, if a pastor's tenure hits double digits in a church, even if it's a good leaving, it is really important to take a step back because mm-hmm. once a pastor has been there for a decade, how many years were at the church you planted, Chris? 26 uh, uh, or something 26, like that? 26 years. Yeah, tw- yeah. So if you think about the church that Chris planted um, in Wisconsin, um, it's very difficult for a church that a planter is planted to think about themselves and their identity apart from the guy who planted the church. Mm-hmm. And so it's important for a church to step back and get some some independency from the previous pastor mm-hmm. and figure out who are we, mm-hmm. not who are we in relationship with the previous pastor, but right. who are we so that when they do go and call a new pastor, 
they're calling one in light of of an identity that they've owned for themselves. Mm-hmm. So they know themselves better. We said like to say church health assessment answers two questions: where have we been and where are we? Mm-hmm. Our middle section of transitional work envisioning answers the question: who are we and where are we going? And then yeah. pastor search answers the question: who can take us there? Mm-hmm. Right. And so you're intentionally looking for a pastor whom you want to lead you to the people that God's sending you to. Right. And so there's this, this um, greater sense of self-discovery so that you're more thoughtful when you go and seek a pastor. Yeah, that's great. Any, any uh, good kind of examples or stories that which you've seen a church be able to move forward and the church then being able to flourish? Yeah. I'm thinking about the church actually that I'm just finishing up at. So I've had Mm -hmm. a long engagement with the church, um, on the East coast on the Eastern seaboard. And we started with them uh, with a church health assessment. And eventually I ended up being doing some interim work there as well um, on the grounds. And we went from a congregation that was and a leadership that was very fractured. We've gone through all three of these phases. Uh, we're almost through the pastor search phase that appears. And um, uh, yeah, the church is in a quite different place. If you talk yeah. to the leadership, they would tell you, we are different as leaders and our church mm. is better positioned to go forward in a healthy pattern with a new pastor. Yeah. And so that's super, super neat um, to, to see that whole process work its way through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We're in the midst of another one right now um, with a large church in the South. Um, and uh, it's been hard for them. Um, they've done well. I'm proud of them. I think we've just turned a corner with them mm-hmm. because it was hard for the leadership to hear what the congregation had to say to them. Yeah. Yeah. But it was also important and they've reacted really, really well. And the spirits worked. And and that's what we're that's why we're there. We, yeah. we do church health assessments because we're interested in the renewal of local churches, the ongoing mm-hmm. renewal of local churches. And when God does that, man, it's right. incredible and it, super it, fun. And as you're describing, it's so important that if let's just say in some way uh church leadership could do an assessment by themselves and they hear the bad news, you know, as well as some of the good, but some of the bad having you there helps interpret it, explain it, help them process it rather than, because it's easy when we hear bad news to shut it out, but right. having the, Blow that it outside off. voice of just saying, okay, this is hard, but it's also good to know this because now this is how you can move, move forward. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. Well, that's, that, that is, that is great, Matt. I, you know, thank you so much. It's encouraging to hear and see what flourish has been doing um, over, over these years. And, uh, the, the tool, like you said, producing like an 80 page analysis uh, is uh, there's a lot there. And uh, yes, it's a long process, but it is so helpful. And to miss that, uh, I think, is often to miss something that is is for the health and the, the good of the church. Well, again, thank you and appreciate it, uh, because what what you're doing is helping us all grow together and appreciate our time today. Take care. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate Bye. it. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Growing Together. We hope you found the discussion informative and engaging. If you want to stay up to date on all things related to church planting and vitality in the PCA, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We'd also love to hear your thoughts, so please leave us a rating and review. Help us spread the word by recommending the podcast to other brothers and sisters in the PCA. To stay in the loop and receive updates, visit pcamna.org slash growing dash together and join our email list. And don't forget to follow us at Mission to North America on Facebook. 
at PCAMNA on Twitter and at MNA PCA on Instagram for even more content. Thanks for being a part of the Growing Together community. We'll see you in the next episode.